Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Cavalry Audio. Hey, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. And thank you so much for spending your time with us. Uh, we definitely appreciate the feedback. We know that your time is limited, and the very fact that you spend it with us it is greatly appreciated. Hopefully, you're learning something, and uh, we've got some good stuff in store for you today. I mean, I think this next topic, near and dear to Dr. Danielpour's heart, um, has been in the news so much lately um, that I think... It's only right that a you know board certified plastic surgeon actually talks about this, clarifies some myths, um, and kind of talks about some of the current data. Yeah. So today we're talking about explantation. So really, mm. what what that means is removing your breast implants, and and what to expect, why people are doing it, and why is there such a big trend in removing your implants. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we've been in, in, in practice long enough where we've seen people with very big implants. We've seen actually, I'll start over. We'll, we've seen the re um, kind of introduction of silicone implants into the market mm-hmm. uh, because they were taken off the shelf. And we've seen people with a lot more breast augmentations. And then we've seen people that wanted to downsize because they didn't want to be big and they wanted to be more natural. And we did, you can go reference one of our old podcasts uh, where we talk about expl- you know, really Downs- downsizing and the new trends that are occurring. So Absolutely. If, you, if you want more info, go ahead and take a look. And now over the last couple of years, it's been a very big trend of removing implants. Now, again, in California and in Beverly Hills especially, we have a, a au natural type of, of, of flavor in the sense that a lot of people are over having a prosthetic device or a foreign body inside their body. That's one of the reasons. Um, the other reasons is, is the fact that people just don't want to have big breasts anymore. And that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. People have lived in their, let's say, 20s and 30s and 40s, and now they're maybe in their 50s or even in their 40s or even in their 60s. And they're like, you know, those big breasts aren't for me anymore. I'm a grandma now, and I, I, I prefer to just be more natural. Um, and then there's something called um, and then there's the complications associated with breast augmentation, which some people are kind of over and they say, I'm done with it. I've had so many bouts with scar tissue or bottoming out or lateralization or, or whatever their problems have been that they're like, I don't want implants anymore. And then last but not least is breast implant illness. 
um, which is a diagnosis that has been kind of introduced into this world over the last couple of years, which mm -hmm. is basically saying that the, a breast implant is causing a variety of symptoms um, that can be simply fixed if you take out the implants. Sure. And we're going to talk about all of these and we're going to talk about, and I'm not going to tell you that one is right or wrong. And I'm, I'm going to tell you from my standpoint, some of it's going to be very data driven and some of it is going to be just from, from our, um, old, our own anecdotal evidence. Um, but in a nutshell, uh, what, we, what we are seeing a lot is, I saw one yesterday, patient that is in their 50s, has had a breast, breast implants for 20 to 30 years and they just don't want them anymore. Mm -hmm. They just don't. They're done with it. So they present to the office and they say, what are my options? I want to take out my implants, but I don't want to look horrible. I still want to look good. What can you do for me? And this is where, um, as plastic surgeons, it's a lot of fun because you've got a lot of different tools to try to give someone a really nice aesthetic breast shape um, without as much volume as they had before. And most people that come in um, are, are, you know, as long as they're not very, very big, there are a lot of good options. You know, I, it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you started seeing more younger patients uh, or younger patients that want to remove their implants where it used to be that it was, you know, the 20-something got large implants and by the time they're 50, they say, look, I don't need these anymore. I'm a mom of three kids. And, um, but now... I feel like you've been seeing younger and younger patients saying, you know what, remove my implants. I want to wear more haute couture. I want to wear something, you know, that's low cut without looking trashy. And, you know, the implants aren't working for me. Very true. And that's, and that's a good way to start. So 20 something year old uh, female has had no children, excellent skin quality, um, didn't go too big. They come in and they're like, I'm just over it. Well, that's the best case scenario. It's an explant, basically go in and remove the implants. They have no symptoms of what's so-called breast implant illness. And it's a simple procedure. You remove the implants and then you tell them to wear as tight clothes, tight bras, tight sports bras. And just, you'll see over the next three, six, 12 months, that skin retracts. And the breast actually has a beautiful shape. Interestingly enough, I did this for, for a patient not too long ago who had tuberous breasts. And we did a breast augmentation for her about 12 years ago that fixed her tuberous deformity. And a tuberous breast is basically a, a breast that's very conical and has a very short nipple to fold distance. So a breast augmentation, what it does is it stretches that fold distance and gives you a beautiful shape to the breast. Now, take the implant out, the shape is still there but the volume's gone and the breast looks better than it ever did, meaning mm -hmm. before the augmentation, um, but it's just not as big. And most people that have good skin quality, when you take out their implants, as long as they were in a ridiculous uh, amount of, of volume, they really bounce back and they look great. So people can't really even tell that there was anything done. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that have either really big breast implants or breastfed for a while or the skin quality got a lot worse where we have to talk about multiple other type of adjunct procedures. So people that want to take their implants out, great, easy procedure. I don't even restrict them from activity after. Normally I, I, I do put in drains because there is a potential space. We take those out after a couple days. 
and they're good to go with everything. Uh, the ones that have larger implants, the ones that have more skin sagging, well, that's where you get creative. And most of the time, depending on how much of a sag there is to the breast, most patients that require an explant will require a breast lift. Um, and you can refer to a previous podcast on breast lifts where we talk about mm -hmm. the different kinds and how you can do them. Uh, but generally speaking, the reason for that is there's extra skin because big implants stretch the skin. Um, and we need to do something to tighten that skin and give a nice, more aesthetically pleasing shape without a sag to the breast. Problem is most of the people that come in, they say, okay, so a breast lift, but what if I want just a little more volume? Or what if I want to replace the volume, which I did for somebody else recently, of my breast implants, but without implants? And this is where using fat is just beautiful and it works just brilliantly. Now, years ago, um, even when we were training, putting fat in the breast was a no-no um, because we didn't realize, and at the time, it would distort uh, breast architecture. So meaning this. So I do this for you and I inject fat in your breast. If you go and get a mammogram, a radiologist couldn't tell if the fat that was injected was calcification from breast cancer or if it was, if it was a, an area of fat necrosis or if it was fat that was put in. Beautiful thing about this is um, we have significantly advanced since then and we can easily tell whether it's fat or whether it's cancer. And the reason it's okay is because we routinely use fat transfer in breast cancer. So a very simple and easy way to do this and replace volume is as long, and again, you have to be reasonable, as long as your implants weren't massive, they're a reasonable size, we can take the implants out, do liposuction in a body part that you don't like the excess fat, and then inject that fat back in for volume. Now remember that fat, most of it, you know, most of it will last, but depending on who you talk to, depending on what studies you read, I'd like to just be simple and say 50% is going to make it, 50% isn't. I normally see a lot more take, but just to be on the safe side, you tell them that. And I have to tell you, I mean, you could see the before and afters on our website or others, other plastic surgeons. Fat transfer to replace volume after a breast augmentation works beautifully. Definitely. And we, you know, and definitely check out some of our other podcasts because we go into great detail on the amounts and what can be done. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. I was going to bring you through a couple scenarios. For those listeners that are out there, you've got breast implants, you're thinking about explantation for all different reasons. So I'm going to give you some scenarios. And I'm curious, I just want your opinion on all of these. Sure, let's do it. So let's say I have and a- if you, And if he misses and you guys are, have a question and you have a different scenario, send us a message. We'll be happy to answer it. Definitely. Um, so let's say I'm a 45-year-old female from France. I live here now. I have uh, textured implants, which are very popular in Europe. And I'm coming to you because I saw these new things, you know, these, these new warnings in the media saying uh, that I'm going to develop cancer. Tell me, tell me your thought process first and what your recommendation would be. Great question. And this is very common. And so textured implants, um, first and foremost, if you have textured implants, don't freak out. 
You don't need to run and have them taken out, okay? Uh, the chances of having ALCL is very, very, very slim. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to have certain, uh, certain symptoms that come up and signs that will alert us that you're having this, like basically unexplained swelling of the breast, unexplained fluid in the breast, um, lymph nodes that are incredibly swollen. If you don't have these types of things, the chances of you having this is, is incredibly slim to none. Now, with that said, I tell a lot of patients, if it'll make you sleep better at night, if you've had implants for a significantly long time, remove the textured implants and put in new smooth implants. Mm -hmm. We know that smooth implants have 0% chance of, of having ALCL. So if you do have the ones from Europe, which have a higher incidence of having ALCL and they're textured, remove them. Now, there, there's the, the most recent, recent data that came out that said asymptomatic patient with textured implants, if you want to remove them, you do not need to remove the capsule. Okay. Mm -hmm. Unless you're having problems, you don't need to remove your capsule. Now, if you have fluid and the fluid diagnosis has cells that are malignant that shows that there's something there, well, then that's a different story. Remove the capsule, remove the implant. You may even have to remove the lymph nodes, but that's a whole different topic. Generally speaking, asymptomatic patients, nothing's wrong. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. So let's say, okay, I've got a 25-year-old female. I've had breast implants for four years. Um, my right one is really starting to ache and it just looks strange. Um, I'm wondering, is am I reacting to the implant? Do I need to take them out? Is there a certain treatment? And is there something we try first? You know, so tell great me, question. Tell me your and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we've done a, a, a podcast on capsule contracture mm -hmm. that you can obviously refer back to. But capsule contracture is just basically scar tissue um, that gets really bad around a breast implant. Um, anything we put into the body forms a scar tissue. In the breast, we develop these thin glistening capsules that really should never bother you, but sometimes they do. And depending on the literature you read, depending on where you are, the type of implant and where it's put and so forth, so on, it could be up to 25% of the time. Now, um, there is a simple solution to it. First and foremost, we always try everyone on a pharm pharmacologic treatment, which means, which means just medicine. So something called Singular, it's, uh, it is a asthma medication that's been used for years. And we've noticed as plastic surgeons that it really helps with capsular contracture. Now, is it the end all be all? No, but for some people, it does help soften the capsule and they don't need surgery. Now, we normally try people on a month if it works, we keep it going for three months and then we stop and see if the capsule stops. Now, if this doesn't help, the treatment is what's called a capsulectomy. Go in through the same incision, remove the implant and the scar tissue, pass that off the field and put a new implant in. First time, that's all we do. Most of the time, the patient rides off into the sunset, very happy, no problems. If it recurs, then there is other treatments like putting in what's called an acellular dermal matrix to prevent or try to prevent this capsular contracture. Now, for some people, if this keeps happening, well, I hate to say it, but the only treatment may be taking their implants out because once in a while, very, 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 very rarely, some people just can't tolerate the implant and their body just really reacts poorly. It's kind of like when we do a tummy tuck on someone. Um, Scars on a tummy tuck normally heal really, really nicely. Beautiful, thin scar. 
Every now and then people keloid. Some people keloid really bad. It's not that anyone did anything wrong. It's just that person heals differently. And sometimes these breast implants have a different reaction for some people. And an explant may be the way to go. Definitely. All right. So I've given you two scenarios for explantation. One is whether they have textured implants. Two is whether they have a capsular contracture. Let's come up with another scenario. Let's say I got two sisters in their 40s. They come to you. They both had 350 cc implants um, and they're just over it. And the first one has no breast tissue. The second one has thick breast tissue. You know, let's say greater than two centimeters a pinch. Mm -hmm. Um, How do the treatments differ? So if they come and they say, look, I am over my implants. I need these out. What are some of the things that one of the sisters has to be concerned with? And what, how would you differentiate the treatment between the two? You know, it, it depends on their skin quality as well. So it seems like the, the thinner one that has no breast tissue, it might have, may have, you know, may need some kind of volume replacement. And that's where it becomes tough because hopefully that patient has a little bit of fat on their body Mm -hmm. and you could do a fat transfer. So take the implant out. I have no problem doing a fat transfer at the same time. Many, many people think it's a better idea to stage this, take the implant out, have it heal, have the skin retract as best as possible and then go back. I'm okay with that. It's just two surgeries. Um, it's, prob- it's probably going to give you the best result, but putting someone under the knife twice may not be the best idea. So, so for that patient, you know, depending on if they've got a sag to their breast, if they do, a lift may be needed as well. But the patient that has good breast tissue, most of the time that bounces back pretty nice. As long as the skin quality is nice in the sense that it's not too stretched out, there's not a lot of stretch marks, she may be totally fine and not yeah, need anything they, else. Yeah, let's say they both have good, uh, good yeah. skin quality. Because well, we know that if they have poor skin quality, you're going to have to do some type of lift. Absolutely. But let's say they both have good skin quality. Everybody, the, you know, the audience out there listening, if you've got excess skin that's just not, uh, it's not supporting you, the, you know, breasts aren't as supportive as they used to be, then you know you're going to need an adjunct procedure. But if you've got good skin quality, the difference that I wanted to make between these two is the one who had no breast tissue in the beginning. Obviously, if she's, they're going to take those out and they're, they're not happy being completely flat as they were before, um, you know, they're going to need some type of volume replacement with fat or and you know, whatever. And you know, it's interesting. Um, you bring this up. Yesterday, just yesterday, we saw a lovely patient who actually flew in from Hawaii to see us. And she originally saw me because she had an explantation. And this is something that with a very big scar, she was very, she, she, they scared her and they, they weirdly kind of made her feel really bad that she had to have the implants taken out. They did capsulectomies on her and she went back and they told her she had breast implant illness and all this stuff. And there's a lot of surgeons out there. And if you're listening, shame on you. You should not, you should not be preying on people's insecurities and their fears. Because again, instead of, instead of actually sitting there and educating them, in a way, you're, you're truly kind of capitalizing on people's fears. So this young, beautiful girl, they put huge scars under her breast and they took her implants out. Well, nothing happened. And she found out that she had some weird, rare autoimmune disease that was causing a lot of these problems and was treated for it and felt a lot better. Now, she reached out to me to do a breast augmentation for her. I said, no problem. Because when they did the explant, just like you said, she was as flat as a board. And she told me she felt like a boy. She lived in Hawaii. She was in a bathing suit every day. 
She was so uncomfortable and she used to be a fit model. She was like, I don't want big breasts. I just wanted some breasts because I wanted to look like a woman. I wanted the curves. So she ended up coming in, flew in and, and Dr. Lakey ended up doing a rhinoplasty on her also. But I saw her yesterday and she was so happy because there is no way I could have replaced any volume for her because she was so thin mm-hmm. that the only option for her was a replantation. So I, so I put implants back in and they look beautiful and everything went well. But the interesting part is for that patient, there is no other option. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing for you to realize for that extremely thin patient that had a breast augmentation that then had an explant and wants volume replacement, that is where we really don't have other options. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's PlasticsDocs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. You know, all right, so there are four scenarios we so far um, which was textured implants, capsular contracture, two people that just want them removed, both with uh, breast tissue and without. The last one I would say, how would you treat this? I am a 28-year-old patient. I've got an autoimmune disorder. I feel tired all the time. And I come to you and say, I have heard about breast implant illness and I need these out because it will fix me. I say, what, the, I your, say the same your, thing. What's your thought process? So I say the same thing to everyone abrupt about breast implant illness. I tell them that I do this on a regular basis and here's the data. The data says that most of the time taking your implants out is not gonna help you with these vague symptoms. Most of it is things like brain fog and fatigue and hair loss and things that can be caused by just about anything. So that's the first thing I say. I show them the studies. I show them things from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. I explain to them that number one, as long as they don't have a capsular contracture, as long as they don't have ALCL, capsules don't have to be removed. And again, that is something that is made up by a subset of surgeons that are doing this for everyone and charging a ridiculous amount of money. And again, yeah, it's really, it's on it's really a fears. shame. You the uh, on-block capsulectomy, mm-hmm. which... You know, again, I, I don't think there's any data to support, you know, in a capsular contracture, definitely. But for breast implant illness, I just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, there are unethical surgeons out there. And, and I tell them, I said, I'm happy to do this for you, but there is a very high possibility that these symptoms won't get better. Now, you do have an autoimmune disease and maybe that's what's causing it. And, and, and I want... I always want people to understand that they may go through an operation, remove their breasts, their breasts may not look good, they may look aesthetically significantly worse and still have all the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And as long as they understand that prior to going into this operation. Now you just added a deformity and depression to (laughs) to Then I'm okay with doing it. And Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, many people turn around and they say, okay, maybe you're right. And then you give them the studies, sometimes to just read themselves. Because again, Anecdotal evidence from a few patients that have had this done is not enough to really make you run out and get your breast implants removed, Mm -hmm. okay? Just because you had two friends that had it removed and felt better. Now, I've done this for a ton of people and some come back 
and they're like, you are my hero. I feel better. And God bless you. I love that. I want you to feel better. I don't want you to not feel better. So if you're symptomatic with something and we remove your implants and it makes you feel better, whether it's psychological or really physical, God bless you. But I also have had a lot of people that I've removed them and they're the same. They're exactly the same. They're like, nothing happened. So just from my own evidence, I believe that a lot of this has to do with something else that's causing those problems. And that's what, you know, Rorick and friends came up with, with, with their study. So really when it comes down to it, I think you really need to, to dive very deep, make sure there's nothing else causing it. And if you do have other types of problems like autoimmune disease, it's a very high likelihood that that's causing your other vague symptoms that could be what's called breast implant illness. Mm-hmm. And running out and getting an on-block capsulectomy with a gigantic imp, uh, uh, incision for, a, for breast implant illness if you have soft capsules is absolutely 100% not needed, okay? It, there is a paper that came out a week ago, two weeks ago, that said there is no evidence in this. And the interesting part is most of the capsules that are taken out with these on-block procedures for breast implant illness are sent out to the pathologist and they come back with nothing, meaning there's no problem with it. Now, what John said a second ago, I perform on-block capsulectomies regularly, but it's for capsular contracture and or breast implant leaks. And that's a whole different story. Sure. So if you've got a leak and you've got a capsule, I want to remove all that in one piece so it doesn't get into your pocket. And that's the right reason to use it on-block. Well, you know, the interesting part is in those scenarios, you're also doing something in addition and the reason for that is, you know, a lot of times you have to imagine just removing a capsule also removes particular ligaments called Cooper's ligaments. It removes some support for the breast. So imagine if you choose to go to an explantation and you demand an on-block capsulectomy, breasts sometimes will sag a little more than they normally would because you're taking out some of the support. Now, in capsulectomies, you're putting in a Galaflex mm-hmm. mesh, you're lifting, you're doing, you're doing you know, other adjunctive procedures. So it's not, it's not apples to apples. And um, you know, for those of you who are saying, I, you come in, I want my implants out and I want an on-block capsulectomy, um, you know, be prepared that your breasts aren't going to, uh, they're not going to look like they did before. They're going to sag a little bit. And so. remember, this, these surgeons, some of the surgeons that are doing this are putting huge incisions under your breast that mm-hmm. never look good. Not one person that I've seen that has had this done that look good. And we, you know, every time I try to do it, I try to do it through the same incision that the first operation was done, not add new incisions. Listen, these are th- these things you have to live with for the rest of your life. So mm-hmm. we don't want to completely deform you if we have to fix this. Um, the, you know, the one thing I will say is you, if you want an explantation for whatever reason, go to a couple different people make sure they're board certified and see who you're most comfortable with because there's a very good possibility after you remove your implants, you may want another operation to do something, whether it's lift or, or fat transfer or even a replantation because a lot of people do that. I'll tell you, I have a significant number of people that take their implants out, come back a couple of years later and get another augmentation because they feel like they looked better, they felt better with breast implants. Even though breast implants have their complications, general public that gets augmentation is very happy. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, uh, you know, this is all very informative. I hope people listening, you know, we, we captured each 
member or group uh, on why they would want to remove implants and, and answered accordingly. Um, anything and else you, you want to just, add? you know, quick take home. If you're tired of your implants and you have no other issues, it's a simple thing. You can have your implants removed. Now, one thing I didn't talk about is really quick is if you have saline implants, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. And this is actually really cool. So if you have saline implants, what I like to do is bring you in and you want to have them removed, but you don't know whether or not you're going to need volume replacement or not, whether your skin's going to contract or not. Well, I bring you in with local anesthesia, give you a little bit of numbing cream, and I deflate your implants while you're awake. Put a needle inside your implant, and I take out all the saline. Saline is just salt water, guys, okay? And then what I tell you is wear a significantly tight bra and push your breasts in as tight as you can for the next three to six months. And then I see you regularly. And it's incredible what you see, as long as the skin quality is good and you're young, how much skin contraction you get where the majority of the patients that have saline implants will come back and they go, oh, hey, that looks pretty good. And realistically, I can make a small incision, take their implant out, close it up, all under local anesthesia, and never do anything again. So that's with saline implants. Problem with silicone is you can't deflate them. So the one thing you can do is take them out, give you six months, 12 months, let them retract, see if you like them or not, and then bring you back and do an adjunct procedure, whether it's a lift, fat transfer, or both, that can be done as well. But all the other stuff, breast implant illness, caps or contracture, a little bit different, and they really are not indications for explantation. Explantation, the only time you really need to remove your implants is if you have textured implants with ALCL, or you're just tired of them, or you have so many recurrent caps or contractures where really, honestly, the breast implants aren't working for you. Um, and those are, those are all... Three are very rare. The first one where you're just tired of them, that's just, you know, preference. So um, with that said, you know, go to your plastic surgeon in your area, make sure they're board certified, make sure they do a ton of these types of procedures and mostly don't get an on block procedure for something that's really not causing problems. Yeah. Well, listen, I learned a lot today as well. And I think, uh, you know, especially with the updates on the new data, hopefully you guys did as well. Um, You know, thank you for your uh, input and your feedback. Definitely keep it coming. Uh, Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Peace. iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.